Cool guys, we're back. Um, we've had a bit of a, a big break. Um, we actually we posted our <laughs> we posted our episode and um, we thought we would have one running right behind it, but um, we've all been stuck with COVID nineteen. Well, not diagnosed with it, but um, on lockdown here in South Africa. Yeah, um, I'm actually quite proud of us as South Africans for doing this. Yeah, I think we started fairly early compared to everybody else. I think it's going to work in our favor, although it's now hit our township. So we'll see what happens there. But um, for those listening, and it probably sounds a bit bizarre, um, we're going to try remote casting with each other um, while we are on a 21-day lockdown, just to give us something to do and perhaps get some episodes out there. Um, But obviously, yeah, let's see how it goes. I'm keen. Mm. I wish wish they they could see us, like... (laughs) <laughs> how we're like holding our earphones and Taylor's like lying on her bed at an angle to like speak into her computer. We're doing this all for you guys. So this episode I wrote also, I think last year, but I did stumble upon this article about Julia or Orlana if I'm saying that correct. Um, And she was arrested on the 20th of September, 2018, after her youngest child was found dead at 291 Tall Pine Lane in Geraldstown. At the time of her arrest, she was carrying a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, a bloodied steak knife, and a six-page letter to her ex-husband and his fiancée. When advised by the officers that one of her daughters survived being shot, she replied they were all supposed to die. Wow. So hectic, right? Goosebumps. Like, are you kidding me? So on the night of the 20th of September, Julia Orlana lured her children upstairs to her bedroom. She told her daughters, Olivia, who was 11 years old, and Elisa, who was 8 years old, Elisa, to go upstairs and help her retrieve kittens that were supposedly hiding under the bed. While trying to get the kittens, Julie discharged the firearm. Olivia ran into an adjacent bedroom, locked the door and climbed through a window while Elise was stabbed and shot to death by her mother. Olivia was shot and wounded to the leg but managed to run to her neighbor, as I mentioned. They managed to contact 911. Once the police had actually arrived at the residence, detectives had found Elisa, her sister, lying lifeless on the living room floor with 55 stab wounds across her body. She had also been shot in the back, the chest, and the neck, and the stomach. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. And this is her mother, like her, her, her like blood-related mother. Yeah, her mother has done this to her. And once the detectives were at the scene, her mother, Julie, had already fled the scene. So she was not even there. So basically, she just like left her child to die. So she knew, like she definitely knew what she did was wrong. Because I mean, why leave, you know? Exactly, 100%. But did she confess, though? Well, authorities found her later, like 16 hours actually after the incident. She ran into like a a wooded area to basically go and commit suicide. Um, But she was found with a steak knife, a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, and a blood-stained six-page letter outlining her reasons for shooting her children. So once the detectives had found her... Um, they took her to Berkeley Medical Center for superficial wounds to the neck. She had tried to stab herself throughout the night, and she told detectives that she actually stopped because it was hurting too much. Like, 
doesn't even make sense. Yeah, your your daughter, your eight-year-old daughter, 35 times, but it's hurting too much for you. Yeah. So the authorities said that they believe that Julie was more concerned about her scratches and wounds getting infected than anything else, and she allegedly needed to get her calming medication. See, but like that right there, that I don't think she wanted to kill herself because I feel like, I don't know, you would put a little bit more effort into it, like not to be, you know, like horrible about it, but you really would. She said she tried to like um, she tried to shoot herself, but apparently the the gun was jammed because of how many times she like aimed. Mm, at her but child. there's like a hundred and one different ways to kill yourself, and her like wanting to treat her wounds because they might get infected. I mean, I think you're just asking to be helped. But wow. yeah, like basically a, a really dramatic call for help. Mm. This is literally when the death penalty needs to be like re-implemented. But anyway, let's carry on before I get angry. Um, so Julie would also be calm and then completely break out into tears. I guess it's kind of expected considering. But authorities said that she repeated that this was not meant to happen. And she wouldn't say anything more other than that. So what, she was supposed to kill both her daughters and herself? Like, was that what was meant to happen? Yeah, so basically, her her, her kind of trial, I guess we could say, yeah, her trial, um, of January this year, she actually pled guilty to first-degree murder and first-degree attempted murder. So in February this year, her trial began, and it was set as a mercy trial. Do we have mercy trials here in South Africa? I didn't actually know what a mercy trial is. Um, maybe the set of limitations. I don't know. I'm just speaking out of turn here, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it means it like out. it's not like recorded or something. I don't know. Mercy trial. No, but that would be in camera. A mercy rule is a principle of evidence law which allows a criminal defendant to offer character evidence as a defense to a criminal charge. It permits a criminal defendant to introduce evidence of pertinent character traits of the during victim. the trial which the accused, whose liberty is at stake, may need to counterweight against the strong investigated and prosecutorial resources of the government. Huh. What, what does that mean? In, in layman's terms? A, I don't know what that means. Basically, it, it allows you to use the victims, per, like who they were as a person, to... But what if it was an eight-year-old flippin' daughter? Yeah. Oh, that's, but it sounds more like you're trying to introduce like mitigating factors and that's more with sentencing. It's, I, that's so strange to have it during a trial. But they're saying here that character, character evidence generally is evidence of a person's character or a trait of the character is not admissible. So obviously now they're allowing this. So the character of the accused, they can, um, she can use, as well as the character of the alleged victim character of a witness because i saw i saw in one article that um they said that the trial was based on conflicting theories of whether julie committed premeditated murder premeditated murder because she was angry or she was a loving mother who just snapped can i also say that while we're talking about premeditated murder is that i stumbled upon this definition of premeditated murder and it quite like it hit me quite hard because in my understanding, we don't have premeditated murder here in South Africa, but you hear it all the time because it is a common term in America. And with premeditated murder, it was always my understanding that you have to plan the murder or you have to have some inclination of like that you're going to murder this person. And I was watching, I think it was a trial. I was watching like one of those Netflix series and this uh, attorney came on. She was like, premeditated murder is, a, you can not plan any of this out, but the minute that you decide, 
I'm going to kill this person, that's premeditation. And it could yeah. be a split-second decision, yes. that's premeditation. Yes. So you don't have to go out of your way to plan anything. You no. All you have to do is kill this person. And that's... That makes so much sense yeah. because at yeah. the end of the day, like you can murder someone by accident. I know it sounds so arbitrary, but like, but you, can, you know, yeah. you could aim to shoot a pigeon and then it could like you know miss the pigeon and shoot the but that's why we have probable homicide yeah exactly um you know and premeditation like taylor said like it makes so much sense that it literally could be like i peers irritating me in the kitchen and i just pick up the knife and stab him like i had the intention of stabbing him you know and i knew that i would kill him so that's premeditated well i also think it's it i mean she literally lured her kids upstairs to go look for kittens oh she did it completely on purpose yeah i couldn't find if the kittens were actually real or not i'm gonna go and assume that they weren't real but um no cats apparently died during this scene good for the vegans that's for them during her trial she actually claimed that she wanted to take her own life so that they could all be in heaven together she also had said that um she should have actually gone to the hospital and checked herself in, claiming that she was like mentally unstable when the incident occurred. Um, she also actually testified that she made several suicide attempts since the age of 17. Well, she should have. She should have never attempted. Well, I just think it's it's just it's always sad when like when children are involved and <laughs> that's my thing. Like, you know, like and suicide being a massive factor in a lot of people's lives. And I think if you haven't tried yourself, you know someone who has or you've been there for you know somebody who knows somebody or whatever the case may be but like when it involves somebody else that's when it makes me angry like you know I I don't understand the intricacies enough to you know explain suicide and the the thoughts and the reasons behind that but when it but when it involves family members or you know especially children and other loved ones it just it makes me like so angry if you wanted to do it to yourself that's fine like no one can justify it no one can explain it no one can reason it but like when you're involving somebody else who had no choice or no say in it then then it becomes a bit you know no for sure um also one of the doctors who testified dr philip resnick he is a director of forensic psychiatry at the case western university he testified that Julie suffered from major depression and had the misguided belief that her daughters would be with her in heaven rather than alive and not in her custody. Can I just, can I, sorry, I just need to interject there. Imagine being that doctor that had to like testify that, like you have to find it in yourself to be completely objective to the whole scenario and actually give a educated opinion on something, you know, personally is like completely fucked up, like completely. And like, to be able to like set all of those aside and to say, well, you know, this was her belief and, you know, and testify to it in, in an open court with a jury system where people are going to definitely judge you. I mean, people judge you on Instagram for posting a pic of your boiled eggs. So, I mean, imagine how he is, you know, and like, it takes a lot. Like, I don't think I would ever be able to, to do that, to, to mitigate somebody's actions, you know, it just yeah. explain them away. Yeah, yeah it, it's shocking. But yeah, I, my hat's off to him. Julie's former husband, he was a veteran Fairfax County police officer, Edward. Um, he had primary custody of the children. So obviously there was a divorce happening. And I mean, it's really sad that it comes down to custody. And uh, I mean, there's so many, I think the law is a little bit better these days. 
I mean, this didn't happen long ago either, like literally last year. So it's not like the law keeps you from having your children these days or like, I don't know. I just think they're so... Yeah, but the law keeps you from your children if it's a better protection towards them. So the fact that he got custody, primary custody, is obviously what the court deemed was the best position for the children to be in. Yeah, and I actually had read that um, she had she it was like her weekend or something with them or, or whatever her time with them and she was supposed to be taking them to their like extramural activities like gymnastics or something and she instead actually took them back to her house and and decided to do this um so he yes yeah, so he had a uh, primary custody of the children and she obviously was heartbroken that she couldn't be with her girls so the psychologist psychiatrist Dr. Reznik, he added at the time that Julie was likely panicking after she begged to see her children more because prior to the incident, Julie's ex-husband had temporarily stopped visitation between her and the children so that she could actually set up mental counselling. So yeah, Taylor, you're 100% right that I think that's also where the law comes in. You know, if you're not stable to look after your children, you're not stable. Yeah, but it's always something that you can get stable and you can get the help and the treatment you need and they're not gonna the law won't ever keep you from your kids they won't it's not unnecessary or unreasonable they won't unreasonably yeah Yeah. they won't won't deprive you of your children it's it's for good cause or good reason yeah yeah um so there were three doctors who testified as experts um and they all agreed that julie suffers from borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. and the state pointed out that there's no current cure for um and she also has major depressive disorder they also agreed that on the day of the crime she was sane and criminally responsible despite oh good snaps yeah, for that them. is good yeah yeah prosecutors also pointed out that she was found with the blood bloodied six-page letter that she wanted her ex to read she was reportedly recorded on the police cam that they dash cams after the incident showing concern only for the letter reaching edward which is just ridiculous like i mean i'm such a huge fan of watching dash cam videos but like people are nuts like they do some crazy things and it's really sad that this was like the only thing that she was worried about was getting this letter to her Um, ex-husband do we know what it said like do we have So the letter was actually broken up into four parts and it started out by reading, it's your turn to suffer. Oh, wow. It mentioned Julie 19 times. It mentioned her ex-husband 17 times and her children once. Wow. So basically this was a letter towards him. Literally, she took no like consideration for her children. Like she factored them in like zero and she just literally wanted him to to feel the pain she so called felt from being like withheld custody. 100%. Um, the letter also accused her husband of not helping co parent and undermining her par- parental authority. Well, bloody and good. Then, yeah. So the last portion, I think, of the letter was to Julie's roommates who owned the Tor Pine Lane residence, and she left a blank check attached for her to fill out for all of her remaining expenses. And then the final part was addressed to Julia's siblings, or Julie, sorry, Julie's siblings, bequeathing things to them. Wow. So she she definitely thought this out. And she thought, I mean, to, to think about paying for rent and utilities and to think about your, like, bequeaths. Bequeaths, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I, that is, that, that's one of the things, though, with the whole trial that, you know, obviously on, on her defense, she her plan was for all of them to die. Like, she wanted to kill her children and her and... For all of them to live in harmony in heaven and 
you know, obviously that didn't work out, but it's not an excuse either. Um, I think also like for me, I completely like, I mean, I've had, I've been through very hardcore depression and stuff. So not that I can relate to killing my children because I don't have any and never would either. But, you know, like, I think that like suicidal side of life is dark and it is hard, but. And it's massively subjective. Like everyone's different. And when it does happen and if it does fail, which I have also been involved with, with other people, it's, it's, it's your duty to kind of like stand up and say, cool, sorry, this was the plan. Uh, it didn't work out. So yeah, cool. No problem. I'm in the wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like she's just like trying to add on extra things that just make her, you know, she doesn't force, she doesn't see that what she did and what she was attempting to do was wrong. Yeah, and that is why I'm so happy. No, but I that... think she still tries to justify it in her own mind, which is yeah, so bad. But her justification isn't like I'm going to spend more time with my children in heaven. Her justification is quite literally so that her ex-husband can suffer. Wait, what? Um, Amber, where did this happen? Where in America? Um, in uh, Jarrettstown, West Virginia. Where's Virginia? They don't have the death penalty in West Virginia. Yeah, she was sentenced to um, life without parole, which is... That's not enough. Yes. And Ams, tell them how quick the jury came back. Literally 15 minutes. I mean, sometimes juries sit for days. Yes, that's like beyond reasonable doubt. There's like, they they sat there and had a cup of coffee, really. Yeah. They probably just had like a little wee-wee break and then was like, okay, well, everyone... Okay, we're done. Right? Like, she's definitely guilty. Um, oh. And no, no mercy was given either. So she's got no parole, and she's there for life. She no, must. And uh, and her well, the um, oh, forgive my lack of not knowing these um, terms. Am I saying uh, the prosecutor? Yeah, yeah, the that's the state attorney. Yeah. yeah, they actually are fighting for her to not have contact with her child who survived. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah. if any, why is this yeah. even a consideration? <laughs> if any like family advocate would like, you know, allow for that to even be a consideration, then fire them. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Julie actually said that um, she, all she's looking forward to, is being able to reach out to her daughter again and be a grandmother. Oh, no, I really no you've know. lost your opportunity. You are oh, still no. justified in your own mind. If you had confessed and said, like, you know what, what I did was wrong, this is why I did it, or given some explanation as to what you, why did you do what you do, like, except for the reason that she gave, which was just what that she, I just, I don't know. I, like, I, I, I My heart she, literally breaks for that little daughter that survived. Yeah. Like, because can you imagine she had a best friend to grow up with and now. She's, it was taken away from her in front of her. Like, like not only did she lose her best friend, she essentially lost her mother as well because well, I, like, I don't know if, if that was my yeah. mother. I don't know if I could see my mother again. I don't know if I could. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, she's killed your she's killed your sibling in front of you and she attempted to murder you. Like, I mean, my heart just breaks for that little 11-year-old. Imagine, like, your little sister and you just you couldn't do anything to help her and your my heart, like... But it's good. I think. I think in this, I know it's so hard, like to 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 justify whether justice was served because at the end of the day, a little girl's life was taken. But you know, she got what she deserved. I also I actually watched um, one of my many episodes of Crime, but um, Killer Couples, and 
there was I was the killer couples oh, it was probably one of the many other ones but anyways um the son's mother was murdered no I'm lying son's father was murdered by his mother and he had actually said that it was worse losing his dad because of his mother than just losing his dad on his own you know yeah. you know like him being murdered by somebody else but because yeah. his mother had done it you know you're she's still parents. around you, you lost your yeah. both your parents yeah but also yeah. you're angry that the one who who murdered the other is still alive and like Absolutely. It's, it's like hard to to justify but yeah i mean it must be such a whirlwind to go through i can't imagine going through yeah. it yeah the worst part is that she's 11 so she completely was like she's cognitive aware. she is completely aware she can just like she can understand it she is you know she'll remember that that vision for the rest of her life they actually um family members and friends had started a gofundme campaign for the father i think they raised i saw a hundred and thirty thousand dollars towards them and because i think yeah obviously you know here comes therapy here comes oh yeah years of therapy and um oh yeah i mean yeah i don't even know what else you have to go through to get through this and if you even can get out of exactly so yeah that's 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 a story of julia or lana that was quite hectic i'm not gonna lie i'm quite upset no it is a bit sad um i think Anything can happen, but it's really, really, really hard to talk about stories that involve children. Um, and especially when they die the way that they have with 35 stab wounds, a shot in the back, a chest, the neck and the stomach. But it's also unexpected. Uh, like it's, you, you do hear it about it all the time, but every single time that it happens, it's something where like it almost takes your breath away. Like You just can't believe that someone can do that to their yeah. own child. I think that's the other thing, though. It's like I know when you want to like – We've watched so many documentaries or episodes when these kinds of things happen. But like to go to the extreme of thirty-five stab wounds and being shot like four times. Yeah, just... because her intention was for them to inverted commas go to heaven with her. Like surely after the first stab or the first shot, you know that she's dead. Like why is it necessary now to do thirty-four more stab wounds and like five more gunshots? It just for me that is like that is demonic like it's just one has to also think about how like intense that is like physically to do like yes. doing 35 push-ups i know it's not the same as a stab but like i mean it's pretty like it's pretty intense no like, i mean even like times. poking your lasagna your microwavable lasagna 35 times as you know and she was eight years old so i mean how small is her body oh. okay guys well that was super heartbreaking um, and hopefully our next one, or definitely our next one, is going to be more dramatic, less heartbreaking. Yes. Absolutely. In different ways. Yeah. yeah. In different ways. Different ways. If you like our content, hit follow right now on Spotify so you'll never miss an episode. Find us on Instagram at SheSnapPodcast and keep the conversation going on Facebook at SheSnapped.